Wonderful. Thank you, uh, Debbie, for reading. If you do have a Bible, do keep it open there. That's what the uh, text we're going to be reflecting on, this, this wonderful Psalm 62. Keith reminded me to say that, um, just in case you hadn't realised, at the church day away, there will be lots of kids' activities. Steve's got his mum and a little team coming to run kids' activities. So uh, they're going to have lots of fun and, and some great teaching too. Uh, why don't we pray Let's, uh, as we come to this psalm. Father, we thank you that you've been here with us by your Spirit we've sung, as we've prayed, as we've uh, celebrated that wonderful baptism. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that your spirit would continue to now open our minds and our hearts to hear your voice here in the scriptures, that you would speak directly into our lives in a way that we need to hear. For Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, I wonder if we can just put that first image up. Rest. Rest. Uh, Arnie and Dave, or Dave and, and Arnie and other parents of little children, do you remember that? <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, let me tell you, let me hold out hope. In about 20 years' time, <laughs> things will be back to normal. Uh, rest. I mean, we, I don't know if we've started watching a little series called This Is Us, and um, there's some wonderful scenes, and there's these triplets, some of you all know this series, and, and uh, they bring home triplets from the hospital. And there's this wonderful scene where they are rushing around, it's cutting from one thing to another, they're picking up one baby, they're feeding another, they've got two under their arms, they're putting another down, one's crying, they've got to go run back, they're, they're rushing around doing all this sort of caring for all these, these babies, and then, and then suddenly it cuts to silence. And the two parents are sitting against the wall, serenely rest, well, no, they're shell-shocked in silence, uh, trying to get some uh, rest. It's a great, this juxtaposition of this sort of chaos and noise and music, and then suddenly silence of rest. Well, this psalm is about rest. Uh, not so much about physical rest, but rest for the soul. That's how the, the writer David starts in, in verse 1. He says, truly my soul finds rest in God. And in verse 5 he says, yes, my soul find rest in God. Because the truth is, isn't it, our, our lives are rarely characterised by rest and peace. So often they're marked by days full of Frenetic activity, stretched by work commitments, you know, childcare, family occasions, church activities, uh, food shopping, leisure pursuits, Facebook scrolling. Our lives are full of all sorts of activities. And, uh, and most of those things are good, but, but they're often overwhelmed because they fill our lives with activity and movement. And often they can be an expression of a, of a pursuit, of a kind of relentless pursuit for significance or for meaning or for wanting to leave a mark, wanting to do something valuable. Uh, we want our lives to count for something. And it often leads to this relentless pursuit and, and activity. Uh, it was the uh, 20th century columnist Bernard Levin who, over 50 years ago, you may have come across, wrote these words. He says, countries like ours are full of people who have all the material comforts they desire, yet lead lives of quiet and at times noisy desperation, understanding nothing but the understanding nothing but the uh, fact that there is a hole inside them 
And that however much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff it with, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edges of it, uh, it aches. It aches. So it's 50 years ago, I don't think anything's changed. If anything, life has become fuller, more relentless, more stuffing our lives with things and activities and people uh, in an attempt to, to fill a, a hole. And of course, this is not a new thing. This is not an issue of modern life. It was St. Augustine, uh, who right back in the 4th century famously said, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. As human beings, we're designed to find rest, but we're to find it in God, says St. Augustine. Do you know, we have this hole, we have this searching so often, even when life is good, things are going well, when life is, is relatively straightforward, we can feel the, the, the hole, the, the still, the, the something more. And of course, that's even more the case when life is hard, when things get difficult, when things go, go wrong, the scars of the pandemic still living with us, cost of living crisis, the pressure of caring for little children or maybe caring for elderly parents, the challenge for ourselves of illness or aging. Is it possible to find rest for the soul in, in this life which causes us this relentless pursuit of significance and these struggles and challenges? Is it possible to find rest for the soul? I think this psalm and the Bible as a whole is saying, yes, it is possible. This is the question. Would you like to have peace and tranquility, this quiet confidence that enables you to enjoy the good things of life without relentlessly pursuing them and enables you to cope with the struggles of life without letting them crush you? Do you want that kind of rest, that resilience, that peace? I'm sure the answer is yes for, for all of us. Uh, well, I think David gives us the answer. In fact, certainly that's his experience here. He has this simple, quiet trust in God. Not removed from real life in some sort of monastery where we have to sort of retreat and live a life that's not in the real world, but in the real world, still finding rest and peace. This psalm divides it really into three uh, sections. And as we seek to learn from David, uh, the first thing I think we see is this, a, a quiet trust when when things get rough. Truly, says David, my soul finds rest in God. Literally, the translation of that line, that first line in, in Psalm 62 is, is only towards God, my soul is silence. Or as another translation says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. So here it is, David is before God in stillness. In silence. He's not trying to bring anything to God. He's not trying to do anything for God. He's, he's, he's not giving words of praise or confession. At this point, he is just silent. His heart, his soul is silent before God, waiting on him. Because he knows that this is the very place that he is designed to be. It is here where he's going to find rest for his soul, nowhere else because he's been made by God and designed for God. His soul is designed to be in connection with God. And as David writes this, we don't know his definite situation. Uh, he, his verses 3 and 4 suggest that he's up against it, don't they? They suggest he's, 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 uh, he's got enemies who are trying to get him. He's, he describes his 
himself, he pictures himself as a leaning wall, as a tottering fence. That is, he's feeling his weakness. He thinks one more thing and he's going to collapse altogether. Uh, and the enemy are after him. They're, they, they, they're spreading lies about him. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. You know, they were probably, he's the king, King David, and they, they were probably with all the crowd saying, long live the king, and then behind his back they were trying to undermine him and bring him down. And David knows it. And David knows it. He's under pressure, up against it in the real world. But he's able to quietly trust because he knows that the Lord is his rock and his fortress. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, verse 2, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. You see, David was a, a military man. He was a military warrior. He knew that if you had the high place in battle, uh, you were safe if you were on the rock. Uh, he knew that if you had a fortress, a fortified city, uh, you were safe. And here he knows that God is his rock. God is his fortress. The one who will keep him safe, uh, even when uh, he's up against it. He's able to find rest for his soul. You know, that is the peace and the confidence that, that you and I can have, that God wants us to have. Whatever happens, even in the midst of the busyness and the battles and the challenges and the struggles of life, uh, we can know this rest for the soul. And it's, it's important to be clear that David knows that his trust in God won't mean he's exempt from the struggle and the battle and the challenges of life. The NIV, the NIV doesn't actually translate the end of verse 2 brilliantly. It says, I shall never be shaken. And there is a sense of truth in that, but, but a better translation would be, I shall not be greatly shaken. The image is, is of an anchor, of a, uh, you know, the waves buffet a boat, they hit it, the blast, the winds come, they, they crash against the boat, it's tossed around in a storm, and yet it is firm and solid in its anchor. It won't run aground. And the man or woman of God who has a, a simple, quiet trust in God is not immune from suffering, is not immune from the battering and the bashing of life. And, and all of you here will have known some of that and some of you will know that deeply and fully in the moment in a real difficult and painful way. And yet even in the midst of it, God says you're utterly secure in his hands and you can have that peace. A quiet trust when, when things get rough. Uh, at the end of verse 4, um, there's a little B, if you've got a Bible. In, in Hebrew, there's a little word, silah. It often happens in the Psalms, these little silahs. No one quite knows what they are. They're probably musical terms, and they probably mean a sort of pause. The, the music plays, and then there's a pause before you go on to the next. And that little pause is there, so you can pause and reflect on, on what's just been said uh, and acknowledge God in it. So why don't we do that? Let's just use the silar. Let's have 30 seconds before we move into the next section. Just a pause before God. You want, might want to make these first two verses your prayer. You might want to just say to God, help me trust in you. You might want to let him know why it's hard. Just let's have 30 seconds to, 
reflect on those words, truly my soul finds rest in God. Well, a quiet trust when things get rough. That is not easy. And we don't want to pretend that it is. So somehow you become a Christian, you trust Jesus, and everything is fine. You live a life of total tranquility through, through it all. Uh, so our trust in God needs encouragement. I think the screen's gone off, so that's fine. Uh, and that's in these next verses, verses 5 to 8. There, the verses are similar to the first two verses. Rest, hope, salvation in, in God uh, alone, who's a rock and a fortress and a refuge. These come up there again in verses 5. But, but there's a key difference. In the first verse, uh, we read a statement, truly my soul finds rest in God. It's David saying, this is true, this is true uh, for me. But now in verse 5, he says, uh, he's saying, yes, my soul find rest in God. He's exhorting himself. We saw about that in the psalm last week as, as Rob preached. Uh, he, wants to be, he needs to encourage himself to keep trusting. I, I don't know what makes you anxious, worried or challenged. Uh, for me, I think it, it happens when I, when I think about you know, this thing that needs to be done and, and then there's this person or these various people I, I need to see and, and there's this event that's coming up and there's, uh, there's other things in my diary and there's a to-do list is getting longer and, and I, uh, my mind starts going around and it picks up all these things and then it, and I, I start stewing on them and, and, and start getting anxious about them uh, and I feel that sort of stewing because I'm focusing on these things and it seems a bit in this psalm like, like kind of David has been doing that. He's reminded himself of his enemies in verses 3 and 4. They kind of suddenly loom large in his, in his horizon. He feels like this tottering fence that he's just about to collapse. He can't manage. They, they begin to take over as he focuses on the enemies. They fill his mind. They, they start crushing and pressing in on him. And his peace with God is threatened because of that. Uh, and so in verse 5, he exhorts himself. He turns back and he says, Oh, come on, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. David talks to himself. We all do it, don't we? We all talk to ourselves. I, I, you know, I know talking to yourself is meant to be the first sign of madness. And, and maybe if you're talking out loud in the street sort of to yourself, it may be. Um, although uh, these days, we were walking down Kingston High Street yesterday morning, and there was someone walking along, chatting away, just walking along. We were walking along behind her, and, and she didn't even have a phone in her hand. But she was obviously on a, on a little earplug with the phone and she was having a lively conversation with, uh, with somebody else. And it was slightly strange. But, um, but of course, we all have this internal... I don't think we, we, talk, we don't talk out loud to us. We, we have an internal conversation, don't we? Always going on. We always have an internal conversation. 
Uh, we talk to ourselves probably more than anybody else talks to us. And, you know, sometimes it can be very negative, this internal conversation. I'm sure it's true for you. Oh, I'm useless at this. Oh, I can never achieve that. Oh, I'm such a hopeless Christian. I, you know, I messed that up again. And we, we, we tell ourselves and we talk to ourselves these, this negative conversation. And, and, and above all, we need to encourage ourselves with the gospel. We need to speak truth into our hearts and into our lives. We need to exhort ourselves with spiritual truth. We need, in the face of trouble and trial, to refocus on the Lord and say, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. And as David does that, in that moment, he, he takes his eyes off the enemy and he refocuses his eyes on the deliverer from enemies. He takes his eyes off, off uh, the problems and he focuses again on the solution. He preaches to himself, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. And, you know, we can do that. We can do that ourselves. But we'll only do it if we stop to do it. Unless we make the deliberate effort to pause and spend time in God's presence to reset the compass, to remember what God has done in the past, to remind myself of who God is, my rock and my refuge, to urge myself quietly, I'll trust, O oh, my soul, in him. Rest in him. I wonder, do you have a, at least a daily habit of doing that? Maybe in the mornings, when you get up in the morning, today I'm going to trust you, Lord. Or maybe it's at lunchtime, maybe it's in the evening. I have to do this several times a day. Uh, and the things arise, you, you stop deliberately and, and, and put, turn your heart back to God. And it's not easy to do that. The pressures that come in and the, they, 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 they feel so hard. But, but we need to do it. And perhaps especially when the challenges aren't overwhelming, we need to keep shaping our hearts and our minds to, to say, find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. And, and David exhorts himself, but he also exhorts others. Did you see that in verse 8? He says, uh, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Pour out your hearts to him, says David. And you know, that is to really pray. That is to be honest and authentic before God. It's to say what you really feel uh, so that you can trust him at all times. It's, it's to unburden yourself, to express your hopes, your fears, your frustrations to, to God. You know, Lord, those people at work who mock me for my faith, they are really getting me down. Oh, Father, I so long for my spouse to follow you. Oh, God, I'm feeling angry with my children today. I mean, that's honest, isn't it? It's true. If you have never felt angry with your children, if you have children, you, you're probably not telling the truth. Uh, as we pour out our hearts, Lord, I'm scared of how I'm going to make ends meet with those fuel prices going up. That's what he says here. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge do you do that will you do that will you pour out your heart to God? maybe you're not very articulate you don't express things very clearly it doesn't matter God doesn't mind that he just says pour out your heart whatever's frustrating you, whatever's hurting you, whatever's pain you're carrying pour out your hearts doesn't matter if it's big doesn't matter if it's a small thing people say to me sometimes you know I, I don't want to bother God he's got much more important things to worry about or or you know I, I feel guilty for asking for things for myself 
And David just says, pour out your hearts. Trust in him, all you people. Quiet trust, it needs encouragement. We need to encourage ourselves by regularly stopping. We need to encourage others uh, too and be encouraged by others. That's why coming together on a Sunday is so important. That's why gathering together is such a vital thing uh, to be encouraging each other. And lastly, uh, let's just, just, just pause for a moment. It's a Selah. It's another Selah and another Selah we should pause. So let's just pause again for 30 seconds and just, just for you to pour out your heart right now in the quietness. Maybe you don't normally talk to God. I don't know. Uh, but he's here and he's listening. So just in that quietness of your heart, 30 seconds, Selah, reflect. Pour out your heart. Well, we're talking about rest for the soul. Quiet trust in God. We can do it when things are rough. We need to encourage ourselves to do it. Because the question is, well, you know, does it work? Is, it, is, it, is, is God there? Is he dependable? Is he worth trusting? And I, I just want to say, this last section, that he is God who's shown himself to be worth trusting. Uh, David is the, the king of Israel. You know, he is rich and he's powerful and he's up against some rich and powerful enemies by the sounds of the background of this psalm. But he knows that human power and wealth are ultimately here for a moment and gone in an instant. He, he describes it there in, in uh, verse 9 as, as a, but a breath. Just, just do that, just, just, just make sure you're still awake for the last section. Uh, blow in your hands, just put your hand up, front or back. You felt it for a moment, it was gone. It's a breath, it's a puff of air. And David is saying, look, whether you're high-born or low-born, uh, whatever your stature, whatever your wealth, whatever, it's, life is just a, a breath, it's just a puff of air. It'll be here and it'll be gone. You know, the wealthy, and he was one of them, you know, feel so solid, feel so, so, so strong when, when, you've got, when you've got money, but it's all, it's all a delusion. He says, they're, they're here one minute, gone the next. Don't set your hearts on riches, whether you get it by hard work or whether you get it by uh, extortion or whatever in, in here. He says, don't set your hearts on it because it's here and gone in a moment. Like a puff, like a breath. David says, truly my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him, for he is the only one who can, who can bear our deepest longings and deepest desires. Wealth, money, career, none of that can, can bear the weight of, of our whole human soul. And this is why he can do it, he says, because he knows who God is and what he's like. One thing God has spoken, two things I've heard, power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. God is strong, as Elise said, and God is good. God is loving. 
You know, God is, is awesome in his power. He's the creator, the sustainer, the uh, uh, redeemer of life. He has given you everything you have. One day you'll stand before him uh, and give an account for how you've lived your life. He is God of power and majesty. But he is not raw power, uh, some sort of force that we can't know. He is loving and kind. And he has set his love on his people and on you and me and on the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It is in Jesus that we see the power and the love of Jesus most supremely. Jesus who calms storms, walks on water, feeds the hungry, uh, heals the sick, and then in this greatest act of love he goes to the cross to give his very life for the world. And it's just Jesus who makes that invitation, the invitation we began our service with uh, today, uh, where he says to All come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Truly my soul finds rest in God. It's how David puts it. And Jesus, who descended from David, the greater son, comes to say, I am the one who can give you rest that rest it is a wonderful invitation and like all invitations it's an invitation that has to be received and responded to now, the last verse of the psalm reminds us that God is just that those enemies who are up to against him will get what they deserve if they resist Jesus if they resist David and, as the king and, and God and those who find rest and trust will receive that reward of faith and peace and joy in the very presence of God. So uh, we're going to finish. My prayer for little Samuel is that you know, this would be true of him. Right from his earliest days. He just grow up knowing that his soul is finding rest in Jesus. He's out there. There he is. Having fun. That's my prayer for, for him. Uh, that he would grow up knowing Jesus. Knowing that rest uh, throughout his entire life. Until he meets with Jesus face to face one day. It's also my prayer for each of you you here today, friend, family, church family, that we will be able to walk with Jesus, holding on to him, trusting him, at finding rest in his soul, in our souls. Uh, musicians are going to come up, and perhaps just as, we, uh, as they do, we're going to sing in a moment to uh, draw our formal part of our service to an end. Um, maybe we can just, just respond Final Silar. And why don't we stand? Why don't we do that? Just, why don't we all stand? If you feel comfortable standing, do, do stand. You might want to just close your eyes. Um, and just for a, from a moment or two before we, we sing, uh, you might want to say sorry to God for, for turning away from him. Uh, seeking that security or significance in other things. And just ask him to forgive you, ask the Holy Spirit to, to come and help you trust Jesus and find that rest. You might just want to pour out your heart again to him right now in the quiet. Those things that fill you with restlessness or fear or frustration. And you just give them those things to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to 
to fix your eyes on Jesus, to be able to trust him. I want to resolve in your heart now before God that you're, you're just going to make every, a time every day to, to refocus, to reset your heart on him. Just a moment of quiet asking, that, praying whatever way is helpful for you, asking the spirit to come, shape you. Father, we thank you that you've made us for yourself, that our hearts are always going to be restless until they find their rest in you. Lord, help us to give you our hearts. Help us to find that rest in you alone. Thank you that even this morning, Jesus is making that invitation to to each one of us to come to him, to find rest for our soul as we take on his yoke and walk with him in faith. Lord, whatever is we're, we're going to face this week, whatever's filling our minds and our hearts, the moment we pray that you would help us to pour out our hearts to you and find you to be our rock and our refuge. Lord, help us to be able to say even this week, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him.